Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello everybody. Hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. Uh, just had a practice run for our health panel that we will be doing on Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. It'll be Jonas Bezito, Santita Jackson, and me uh, talking to some of our friends in the holistic medicine area. And uh, we're talking about integrating different ideas, whether it's digestive health, uh, acupuncture. We're talking about clinical trials uh, on certain types of uh, techniques to address issues like dementia and so uh, or gut health, all those things. So that's going to be on Thursday from 4 to 6. Make sure you're tuned in. I know you, you know, we're doing a Zoom Live, so if you're on the Facebook Live page, Facebook page for WCPT, you can watch us all on a panel. And you can watch right now with me and my friend Carmen Navarro-Jacone is in studio with me. Last time she was in studio, uh, we we were hanging out with our friends from uh, from Beguile yes. uh, Brewery, and then we went to their party. Yes, the, how, that was amazing. How amazing. It was just it, it, I, like, that was amazing. I, well, because when they told me where it was, I thought it was going to be that building. Yeah. And so I, I doubly had to be there and share it with somebody who I knew would enjoy it as much as I did. It, wasn't, it was wonderful. That is an amazing space. I, and neither one of us can remember the name of and it. And every room was as exciting as the next. What was the name of it? It was over there in Ravenswood, right over right along the railroad tracks I'll, there. I'll find it in the my... Tra- by the train tracks over there. But it's got... Uh, it's, Around the corner next to that thing. It's like a big old warehouse. Like you were, And you were the one that noticed that it, was, it seemed like several walls had been... Different buildings were connected for this event yes. space. Yeah, I, I just I really loved it. So it was wonderful to hang out with you and find some delicious cocktails because it wasn't just all beer. No, they had that hard seltzer mm-hmm. and oh, that was delicious. And, and then like margaritas and, and palomas and cans. And, yeah, yeah, so I can great. no longer say I'm not a beer drinker, so I won't <laughs> say that anymore. There were a few beers that you enjoyed too. We danced. Yeah, with the uh, with the the yacht yacht rock yacht rock. That's yacht what rock. it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was everybody over fifty was jam. Are you, are you, I don't mean to assume that you're over fifty. I apologize. I, I'm over fifty. Okay, it's a good yeah. assumption. All right then. But yes, we were the only ones dancing. Uh, we had Everyone to tell them if you're yes. under fifty, you have to get behind us. We get the front row. Because <laughs> yeah. they were like they didn't they didn't yeah because we uh, it was oh, so much fun. It was very fun. Uh, I apologize for bringing you in today because I know that there's an event going on right now down the street uh, in memoriam of uh, Officer Andres Vasquez. Lasso, and yes. uh, I am so sorry to everyone in uh, law enforcement, the community. I know that you uh, often respond to the trauma of police officers uh, in situations like this, and uh, and I don't know if you've seen the post. One of his Instagram posts was about his uniform and why he wore it, why he became a police officer. That he knows that there are tensions, essentially, um, but he did it does it because he wanted he wanted to serve people. Talked about running toward gunfire rather than away, and yeah. of course, uh, in pursuit of someone who had been. Uh, he'd been called for a domestic violence situation, which that's the number one call you guys get, isn't it? That is, uh, yes, that is the number one call. And I think that's what people don't understand. I mean, the call literally was somebody chasing a woman down the street with a gun. Right. Um, and he was responding knowing that that was there, like right. officers do every day. Um, but the I think the most difficult post I saw this weekend was the one his wife posted. Yeah. Um, That was the hardest. And, you know, people talk about humanizing the badge. And I don't think anyone knows what that means um, until his wife made that post. Like, that's what it means. She was talking about her husband. um, And that's what people forget. That they, 
you know, officers go to work every day and, and they're risking their lives and their lives, livelihood of their family right. for somebody else. Right. To, to uh, make sure that people feel safe. Yeah. So it was, uh, I know that right now, if, if you are on the Northwest side and you, uh, I know that they are having a memorial at the 16th district police station over here on the Northwest side. And, uh, I, I know that it's, I was there, uh, for Ella French's memorial last year. And, uh, and again, we are mourning the loss of a uh, Chicago police department officer. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I know that you, what was, you know, we've talked about your call to public service first as a, in the Cook County Sheriff's department and now in the, the court of the, cl- the clerk of the court yes office mm-hmm. yes tell us a little bit about like you know uh people think about you know public servants and people in law enforcement or people who work in the, you know the, the bureaucracy of it yeah but it, it there is like i the job i do i, I like lo- i've never loved a job as much except for comedy and this <laughs> but like being a policy advisor working for the state i i'm so i was so surprised at how fulfilling it is yeah i it's shocking my call first of all wasn't even that's not what i intended i was a single mom on public aid and I needed a job Um, and my boyfriend went to stand in line I filled out that application not even knowing who the sheriff of Cook County was at that time like what did they do I I didn't even know what it was when I got hired um, I found out that a lot of the things that I had gone through in my life is what made me really good at my job oh wow Um, including like domestic violence and gangs Uh, my brother was murdered um, in Humble Park I I mentioned it before growing up so dealing with gangs um, seeing kids that my sisters went to high school with or grammar school come through our lockups and come through the jail wow Um, relatives you know we all have relatives that you know make those choices that aren't exactly the best Um, that was weird but Having that um, ability to empathize and understanding that they have, they may have done something wrong, but they weren't necessarily bad people, allowed me to deal with them respectfully and helped me teach other officers how to deal with them respectfully. Um, I think that's why I was so good at my job. And that's the call to public service. So now at a different level, writing policies and implementing procedures and getting the officers or investigators Um, And in this case, now the clerks and the investigators to have buy in in the process and why something's a good policy and and a good practice is easy because you explain it to them. Like if this was your brother, if this was your mother, if this was you back in the day and somebody came up to you because, you know, some of us were a little troublemakers in high school and, you know, other things sometimes, you know, um, how would you have responded? Right. So you put, that's your, how you, you put yourself in the shoes yes. of somebody who's making those choices. Yeah, that's important. I think that's why it's so fulfilling because you've dealt with it. You've right. done it. Right. And we often think of people who break the law and are, you know, when they're found guilty, convicted and then imprisoned, people would, they seem to just want to throw those people away. And that's not, it's just, this is not a sustainable path that we're on with the level of incarcerations. No. um, And and that's where the battle's coming right now. People have seemed to draw these battle lines, like there's a line in the sand. There is not, you cannot draw a line in the sand because it's forever moving. People talk about root causes. People talk about whatever the issue is. The root cause for one person is not the root cause right. for for another. For some people, it's it's an act of violence or trauma that was inflicted on them that right. leads them to commit crimes. For others, it's the lack of resources, um, education, food, 
um, whatever in their neighborhoods that leads and causes that to be their root cause. So that's different. So you can't be general. You have to just understand people and be willing to understand what led you down this path and now what resources do you need so that you don't go that way again. And that's different for for everyone. It, it's not the same. And it's not by race. It's not by gender. It's not by religion. It, it's literally by your environment and right. uh, how you respond. It's different for everyone. I was I had a conversation with a police officer last summer, you know, every summer for about eight years or so. You've seen this where at North Avenue Beach, they have to shut it down because somebody has said, come to the beach. We're going to have parties and then their fights break out. Yeah. And usually it's just at the beginning of summer. And and I said and this was last summer when they started. The, they wanted to do the curfew. Uh, there were kids coming down in big groups. And I said, so. And this is not the police department's responsibility. This is the city's responsibility when we talk about root causes. We had eight years from when we knew that this started to be an issue to go, okay, what can we do in those neighborhoods to give those kids something to do? And maybe, I mean, whether it's Little League or swim classes or day camps or jobs or, you know, programs over the summer or toward the end of the school year. Like, I mean, and I'm, and I'm literally telling you the things that we did in this neighborhood, yeah. right? Literally every single thing that I did, yeah, which was swimming and playing baseball and got a job at the Brown Second. Yeah, because we had that, those opportunities. So had we done the, the first summer, we go, okay, what are we going to do, right? Nothing. Another year not going in and saying, you know, we and look, we, we are obviously drawn to the, the violence interrupters and, and yeah. you know, the, those are the higher level. But again, when you have kids coming down with weapons in big groups, I mean, that, that's scary to people. But what is in their neighborhoods? What are you know, what, why what's what's causing them to not want to have anything to do there? Here's a perfect example. My sister runs races all the time. She's the crazy one. I follow around and go from the couch to running. But um she, I need a couch to the fridge. That's my step. I, I'm not. I'm not couch to 5K and whatever. Yeah, they have yeah. these couches, and I just get yeah. off the couch and I say, "Okay, I'll meet you there tomorrow," because I'm a nutcase. <laughs> but um, she said that they had this program where they were busing kids um, because uh, her husband worked for the Chicago Police Department and he worked on the um, in the Austin neighborhood, and there were kids who hadn't even gone downtown yet. Right. Right. Who had never even been downtown, never been to the exactly. lakefront, never been anywhere. So sh- they were taking buses of kids to the lakefront to run. Why? Because it's the cheapest sport there is. You just need gym shoes. Yes. Right? Yeah. She said some of these kids were getting off the bus like they hadn't seen like the... Yeah. So so it, now it's not their city. Correct. Yes. This is your city. Yeah. You've, you've not seen it. Like how are we keeping a whole How are there not field group? trips anymore? How are there not field trips anymore? I don't I don't understand it. And then you wonder when they finally have the opportunity to go downtown, it's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. You're wait, all this is all this is mine. Yeah. You've been keeping this from me. So, you know, you can kind of see how that makes people feel a certain way. And then, yes, you get anger, you get frustrated. And as kids, how do you respond? Right. You, right. you your act front, out. Your frontal lobe's not done yet. <laughs> so you, you, you act choices. out. Yeah. So we do have a responsibility. And, and I can see both sides of it. Um, and we have to do a better job of communicating it across that line that yeah. we're drawing for each other. See, that's why I'm, I'm so, my stomach is in knots during this mayoral race. Absolute freaking knots. Because I don't, I, 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 the whole cops versus teachers, like the way people are contextual, contextual, putting it in context. Yes. <laughs> I really thought I was going to get fancy. Uh, 
the framing of it yes. is, is really upsetting for me because uh, I, I just don't. It's not that simple. And so this is you know what would you know what would work in this situation? Freaking co-mayors. Can I just call co-mayors now? Can we? Can we just co-mayor cops about- and teachers? And and I'm just I'm not. I, can we just co-mayor this, please? I don't. I just because this is too much. It is. This too is too. Much. This I is, agree. I mean, and and people. It's so funny. I got a lot of texts yesterday because I've I've been trying to uh, thread the needle of uh, being um, unbiased uh, in my conversations, and people are like, "Come on, Patty, you always talk about how it's an opinion show." I'm working on. It. I'm trying to figure out how to get there because I also want to make sure both candidates feel that when we have conversations with them on my show or when I'm a part of a panel or whatever it is, that they're not being set up or that I'm going to be you know leaning one way or the other. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure that out. I, I got a lot of friends who, and you're included, and, and which way they're going, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. I don't, as a, but I, <laughs> it's okay. I no. Well, you know what? I think that's ah. good, though. You know why? I don't think, I think the struggle is, is realistic because all at the end of the day we can do is hope that whoever it is, whether it's who you want or who I want, at the end of the day, what do we really want is... Somebody who can sit there and have that conversation, agree to disagree and say, you know what? We just laid 10 things out. We disagree on these three. So we'll work on those last. Can we just work on these seven first? Because right. th- this we're not far apart on. I just feel like the last four years, I just, I yeah, I can't. This has been bad. This it, has been really bad. Let's take a break so I can breathe again. My head, I like it's like my left eye. Can I, you see it throbbing? I saw it, I saw it twitch a little. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Let's take a break. We're hanging out in the studio with Carmen Navarro-Jacone. We are thrilled to uh, be sponsored by Monaco Brewing Company. You can go to the Patty Vasquez Show page and see pinned right there at the top where you can pick up a progressive brew or choice seltzer in your area. And we also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and support the programs that they do, which really dovetail into what we're talking about is giving kids uh, the support they need to reach their potential and to be safe and loved. We also want to thank our friend Warren Price. You, if you ever need a car, you got a car guy, don't you? I'm just saying, I got a good car guy. Oh, everyone always needs to keep their mind open about having another car guy because Warren's your guy. Okay. He's at 4080 North Broadway. You can call him at 773-248-1200 or visit EuropeanUS.com. We'll take your calls in just a moment. And we're going to, oh, you know what? Our secret word of the day. It's not secret because I'm telling you on the air. So the, the phrase that pays for your chance to win a gift pack from our friend Sam Salsa, Sam's famous salsa, uh, is uh, Sushi Sam. And we'll find out why he's called Sushi Sam. Sushi Sam, 2773 That's our text screen sponsored by Camp Kubagani. More after this on the Heartland Signal. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Carmen Navarro-Jercone, and we have uh, Jerry setting up the stage for uh, Sam from Sam's Famous Salsa. I'm so excited. Like, I, I am a, I'm a, okay, I love hot sauces, but I also, I mean, like, salsa. Oh, do you like spicy, or what do you like? I like spicy. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I, I told her, you know, it, this is just a coincidence that uh-huh. I always happen to be here <laughs> when there's some taste testing that needs to be done. It is not on purpose. I do not plan it. 
There used to be an amazing Mexican restaurant on Wells uh, called San Picon. The woman who owned it used to, she learned how to cook. She worked at uh, Rick Bayless's restaurants and then opened her own. She now is in Michoacan. There's like oh, a okay. lot of expats in yeah. uh, Michoacan, Mexico, and she has a restaurant there. Uh, but so my husband, who is fair skinned, you know, it's Irish, McIrishy, mm. and Welsh. And uh, so he, he t- dipped into some salsa and he's like, oh. And it was like really like he was it was hot right and my mom started teasing him and she's like oh you can't take it you can't take this salsa so mom goes to dip it in and she's like and her like she's trying really hard her eyes are like watering because she just talks mac <laughs> my dad was a big salsa guy um, but as he got older like the heartburn and all that but my mm-hmm. dad used to love hot sauce all yeah. right. Let's continue our conversation. Oh, I hate to say, I hate this transition. Um, before I, I start this conversation, um, we don't know all the details of what happened with this. Uh, the four people that went down to Mexico, and it sounds as though I don't know because I, I I am fo- I'm trying to follow the story. It's horrifying. Uh, there's video of uh, with this part of the story is right now is that the drug cartel. Again, this is a story that is out there. Not nothing has been verified. Correct that the drug cartel mistook this uh, carload of people for Haitian drug smugglers and kidnapped them, and now two of them have tragically been found discovered dead. Uh, I believe the other two are are injured. One, one's injured, and okay. the other one was okay. Okay. So, so Dave wanted to talk about this conversation. Hey, Dave, uh, what what are you are you following this pretty closely? Because uh, I know yeah, that I Lindsey Graham wants to start war with uh, with Mexico now because of this, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know, that's legit. He wants. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like you you and Carmen were mentioning that one of them said that she was fighting for her life, yeah. Mm. But the other one was uninjured, like you're saying. I was going to bring up about twenty twenty five years ago, wife and we went. Over to Matamoros, we were down in like Brown yeah. or whatever, and and they said, "Oh yeah, you can drive there and all that." I'm like, "Yeah, right. I don't speak the language. I don't read the language." And at that hotel, they had a deal where you could get a. Um, there was a, a, a local, like a Mexican American guy. He he did a, a bus, like a little I don't know, big van type of bus, and he, you know, there was a oh, I don't know eight or ten of us went and. He, you know, obviously he knew the language and stuff. And then he told us as we're coming to that bridge crossing over, he said, you can take pictures of anything right now. He said, except three things, pretty much. He said, he said, the Mexican flag, which I didn't understand because you see it all on the news and on TV. But he said, don't take no picture of the Mexican flag or the federales, which made sense. And yeah. then the, the, the working dogs don't take, you know, no pictures of that. He said, otherwise you can take a picture of everything else. And he brought us around, and then they took us to this really nice restaurant, and he said, everything is washed in bottled water, so you don't get the revenge, you know. And um, and he gave us a little bit of history and all of this kind of stuff. It was a great. I was glad, you know, we did that. And um, and um, then we he took us down into downtown there, Matamoros, to shop. He said, this, this is the new section you can shop. You know, it was all kind of open air, and then. Right across the street, there was, like, the old shopping area. It looked like a big, like, <laughs> man-made cave type of thing. And yeah. and uh, they went in there looking anyway. And it kind of reminded me of back when we were in Korea. It was all open-air type of stuff inside, though. And it was a little kind of dark, darkly lit. And then and it kind of went back, and the dog went deeper. And it was darker. And all of a sudden, this guy comes from in the back back there. He goes, hey, amigo. He went <laughs> 
you know, follow me. I could give you some better deals. And mm. hair on the back of my neck went up. The old flighty sense was tingling that, no, no, no. That I might be walking in, but I'll be getting carried out. You yeah. know, if I go back there, you know. Right. I wouldn't be coming out alive in that. But uh, the uh, driver also told us, he said, like, if you ever come back, and you ever get turned around and aren't sure what side of the river you're on. He said, if the people speak and understand English and the money system, you're in Matamoros and not Brownsville, Texas, he said. So hmm. he was a good guy. Well, there's often there's often travel warnings for some of these towns like uh, Juarez is also an area where people say to, to use caution, the border town with El Paso. Uh, Matamoros, I believe, is a border town with Corpus Christi. Corpus that- Christi. And uh, again, there are often travel warnings. Uh, I don't know. My mother's from um, from Coahuila, from Ciudad Acuna, which is actually where, if you remember, that bridge had a lot of uh, Haitian refugees, thousands, like about fifteen thousand people. So these, I mean, these are areas where, uh, if you're going to travel across a border that you're not familiar, and this is true, look, Canada's different, yeah. and yet you're still going into another country with different laws and different culture and different sets of circumstances. And dangers in, in whatever way, in, in, in that your lack of understanding and information can put you in peril. Yeah. That's not, not every country is America. Like, <laughs> to put it simply, you know, yeah. not everyone's going to greet you and hug you and ask you if you need a place to stay and yeah. some food for the night. As a That's matter of fact, like, a lot of places will be like, you're American, get out. Right. <laughs> what was that, Dave? And plus, if I would if I'd have drove there, I don't think the car would have been parked in the same spot anymore. <laughs> Who knows? No. Up somewhere. Hey, Patty, real quick, so we got, and then you see that story with the, on that airplane. They- I, I I I only caught the tail end of this. Uh, there was an air. I, there was a disturbance on a plane. Someone tried to stab somebody. I believe this was uh, Philadelphia. Um, I thought they said like L.A. to Boston or something. Uh, was it? Something, but anyway, it was like a broken spoon. But if you recall, remember I told you we were volunteered that time. But thankfully, it didn't get to that one. But we were volunteered, and they said the flight attendants told us then do not allow them towards the cabin. And this was November yeah. 7th when the. 2001, when the scab from uh, 9-11 wasn't even formed yet. And so we were the air marshals then. So I know exactly how those guys felt, you know. So. Yeah. It's a, it was a Pennsylvania man who was, uh, I, knew, I knew it was in there somewhere, but uh, he was uh, arrested for allegedly trying to bring, expo- oh no, that's a different one. That's a different one. Oh my God, yeah. what is going on on the plane? Uh, yes. By the way, yeah. it, it, uh, I'm not the only one that does this. When you see the name, you're like, oh, does it have to be one of ours? Francisco Severo Torres uh, faces Every charges time. of interference. So yeah. Like I told you, about a month after our incident was the time when that guy tried lighting his shoe up, and I had told you that I was surprised that guy wasn't more beat up because in our situation, we were amped up. You know, we were at 12 on a scale of 10. Sure. The adrenaline. And these guys, you know, they did the right thing. They were stomping on this dude and trying to tie him up, so... Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Let's get to Jim. Jim, yeah, Jim, this is this is insanity. Go ahead. Tell us what you, what's on your mind, my friend. Good evening, Carmen. Good evening, Patty. And real quick, Patty. I had a great aunt. I love her. I used to go to the show where we called her, I called her Patsy. She's in her 80s now. Uh, I hope it's not, what, what's, what's her last name? <laughs> my aunt Pat goes. My aunt Pat goes by Patsy sometimes. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's all. I just because I thought you said that one. Anyway, she's in her eighties anyway, too. Just, anyway, yeah. Anyway, dear. 
We maybe we have the same aunt. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. I always told you, remind me of my dad. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but remember this. Uh, it's the Irish have a saying: "It's a wise man that knows his own father." <laughs> <laughs> it's a wise man that knows his own father. You know? Yeah. Because anything can happen on this earth. Anyway, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, Tiny Tim, or whatever his name is, Tucker Carlson, you know, he put on his video <laughs> before, uh, you know, before the, uh, you know, if we go to the Academy Awards, he missed it by a week, otherwise he might have been up for one. And what's strange about all this, now I watch the Sunday talk shows, and Donna Brazil and uh, the heavy set guy from uh, uh, New Jersey, uh, Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Yeah. And, uh, Anyway, uh, Christie says to her, which is exactly what's going through everybody's mind, you're trying to resuscitate Trump. We know you're trying to resuscitate Trump because you know you could beat Trump. Uh, and Brazil's you know, got a big smile on her face because she knows that's true. The bookies have Trump as a complete underdog against Biden. Now, here's the problem. If they can, so they have no choice but to, re, to re, try to rejuvenate this character, you know, and, and at least mitigate his, uh, his insane history. But... They're what they want, what the real money wants. They want the guy from Florida, yeah. because the guy from Florida, because the guy from Florida could throw the age issue at, at Biden. It'll, it'll work a lot better, bring a lot closer. Because I could say I'm fifty. I don't know how old uh, that alligator hunter is down here, but he said, "What is he fifty five or something like that?" So he could say, "I'm fifty five, and my opponent's one hundred and three." <laughs> you know what I mean? So that'll bring you. That, that'll bring it closer. The problem with this is, is that. They can't beat Trump, and they know it in a in a, uh, in a primary. There's no way. And I, I don't yeah. think even though this guy, no. even though this guy's got, even though this guy's got ninety million skins, he he can't go after Trump because Trump will eviscerate him. You know, he's already made up a couple of days for him, meatballs and whatever else. You know, uh, did you hear his real quick? I know you guys. I got a great show, but I, did you hear the what is that? The CP, I, I call it uh, ZPAC. It should be Z, you know, remember ZPAC when you, yeah. when you, you know, when you had an infection. It was CPAC. Well, anyway, he's on there. Trump is on there, and here's here's that's the guy. This is exactly what he said. He goes, "I know that Biden snuck away the wall. He hid the wall somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but if we get some helicopters, oh my god, <laughs> I know. I'm right here in the god. My right in the god. That's how crazy he is." But the thing is, they got to rehabilitate him because what are they going to do? But, but you know, when you look at the bookies, when you look at the betting averages, if if it's DeSantis, it's closer. It's a lot closer. Then it's like a toss up. But I guess Trump, there's no way Trump can beat Biden. And they got to get rid of Trump somehow. I don't know how they're going to get rid of him, kidnap him, or what. Maybe he's got to do a facial down in Mexico or something. <laughs> Take a cab down there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you guys have a great show. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good night, Jim. Too funny. Uh, by the way, I, I, two things. I want to go back, and uh, I've decided that co-mayoring is exactly what I want to have happen. I don't care. I'm voting. It's, it's, I, I think that everyone would be happy that way. Everyone gets what they want, for the most part. Not everybody. Some people don't like either one of them at all. Yeah, I, love it. I want to co-mayor. I, 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 I get it, but I think luckily uh, there's more people like us who can actually have a conversation than not. I want co-mayor. Just say it covers a lot of bases. It checks a lot of boxes. Just say it. Uh, also, before we go to the break, uh, Gunny, my our friend Gunny says, uh, uh, I tell people that when they go to Europe, 
if people ask where you're from, tell them that you are from, and I do this, I actually intend to have a maple leaf stitched onto all of my backpacks and my jackets, tell them you're from Canada. Uh, and because people, they, it's true. I was in, I was in Ireland and uh, severely disliked. I don't know if you know this about me, Carmen, but uh, I tend to, my voice tends to register at a much louder volume than the normal human being. No. It's true. It must be a it's, Latina thing. It's, it's a lot for people. I know. That's the thing. Like, if I said I was Mexican, how would they feel? We need to open a, Lat- a Latin fusion restaurant in Ireland. We would, we would kill in London, in London or in Dublin. Just saying. Let's talk about it. I My know, husband's okay. Italian and Irish. He may not mind. Hey, this is what I'm saying. I, I've been trying to, I actually, when Trump won, I was trying to find ways. I'm like, okay, how far back does my heritage have to go for dual citizenship? Because my, gra- gra- my great-grandmother's from Ireland. I mean, we could go to Mexico, but apparently that's problematic. So let's yeah. go to a break. <laughs> and we'll bring in our friend Sam from Sam's Famous Salsa. Text Sushi Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa and go to samsfamousalsa.com and learn about his incredible story. I need to get a, a website builder like he does because it's nice. It's really, you right. Are you hungry? I am. You didn't hear my stomach growl. <laughs> <laughs> More after this on the Heartland Signal. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. The Tasting Kitchen is open. The uh, We are so thrilled to welcome Sam Durr, who is the founder, the master, the genius, the genius behind Sam's famous salsa, where you can find uh, three different levels of picante. Of hotness, uh, is that how you say? It? Would you say hotness? Yeah, hot, <laughs> I'd say hotness. Yeah. Hotness. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Uh, you can either have uh, you can start with you know something on the on the in the yellow in the sort of lighter end. Um, Sorry, I went right for hot. All of the all of the <laughs> mm, with none of the ow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then we have uh, medium, which is a little bit of kick. If you're into that, <laughs> you, I'm already enchanted. See? I'm already absolutely enchanted with this entire experience. We already got you roped in. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all. Go. I'm on Team Sam now. There you go. Uh, so, by the way, I love that you came in and you're like, hey, speaking of local, we are also using uh, donkey, uh, the donkey brand of tortilla chips, and uh, and and that's the thing. Like sometimes I'll go shopping. I'm like, is it all I have are the tostitos? I don't want tostitos. <laughs> yeah. I don't want the blanched, flaky. <laughs> All of them are broken right. at the bottom of the bag. Yeah. So donkey is a sturdy chip. Yes, yes, for sure. It. Yeah. So, uh, so Carmen Jacone is going to be our, our first uh, out of the gate with uh, trying some of the salsa. So, uh, <laughs> get some chips for her. There you go, Sam. So we we were talking a moment yeah. before we got on the air about uh, where your family's from and a little bit of your background. And while we were talking, one of my listeners actually sent me their DNA testing. We didn't even mention DNA testing on the air, but during Christmas time, their family had sent their DNA testing. Nice. And, and he wanted us to know. Hold on, see, let me see what I, this is. Very, this is very fuzzy, Gunny. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. But he, he's apparently a lot of one thing. 
By the way, my, my brother came back as my uncle. So don't trust everything you see <laughs> on genetic testing. I mean, to be fair, he's my half-brother, so they just fill so in that's their own why, gap. Yeah, they just fill in the gap. But my yeah. guess is they fill in the gap both with uh, the But 11 years isn't that far apart, but you could be an... I, I was an aunt at seven, so it could happen. Oh. Uh. Yeah. So, but what I love is on your website you talk about uh, paying, sort of embracing and folding in your heritage into the work that you do and yes. the flavors that you bring to to your culinary delightfulness. Yes. yes. So tell us a little bit about where Sam's famous salsa, where what the genesis was. What, how did this come into being? Well, we actually started with the. It's okay. Go ahead and crunch. You're yeah, crunch all good. It. It's, all, it's it. all good. Crunch it. <laughs> Uh, well, it's so dainty all of a sudden. It's a, <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to be polite. You and I are like, you're we're fine. Just you're flowers. fine. Yes. Never mind. Uh, well, the the actual recipe is over a hundred years old. So what? yeah, so that so the family actually had kind of passed it down throughout the generations, and you know the recipe had originally started with the tarahumara. So, and it kind of as my family kind of navigated their way north and settled like in Redondo Beach, Hermosa Beach kind of area, Southern California, uh, through the generations, they just kind of handed it down. And then eventually I had a culinary background at the time, and, you know, my great-grandmother at the time gave me this little scrap of paper with this little chicken scratch on there, and she was like, here you go, mijo, and I'm like, what is this? And she was like, you'll know what to do with it, and, you know, we eventually started kind of working with it, and everybody was like, Sam, this is amazing stuff, you know, and we kind of kept all the flavor profiles to the original recipe mm-hmm. that the Tarumhara had, and they picked up all the some of the Hispanic flavor profiles as they started coming north, and you know, and and eventually over twenty years we started kind of molding it into what it is now. I mean, it's been a, it's been a great experience. I mean, there's a lot more to the story mm-hmm. of how it kind of came about, but I think you know we can go ahead and dive into that in a minute or two if you want. But that's fine. That's fine. no. So what what are your thoughts, Carmen? Carmen, uh, Carmen's like she's she's gonna be living outside the station. <laughs> who do you have today? Who's bringing who's bringing booze and food today? I that's why I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. I have my choice. There you go. And I have myself. Uh, this is crazy. Well, first of all, this is not too hot that you can't taste the flavor. Like, I'm not. But it does have the kick. Like, yeah. the sides of it. So I was going to pass the bowl over. Yeah. I put the chip in it. So that's the hot. Is, right? Yeah. Okay, so it. It is really I designed good, that to be what's called a slow burn. So you get That all, explains why this side of my tongue yeah, is burning now. Yes. And not so earlier. When, normally, when you actually get a salsa or you get a hot sauce, that's all you taste is the heat. There's none of the flavor to it. So when I designed this salsa, mm. I wanted the actual, that punch of flavor to come through. I wanted it to be flavorful, but still have and capture the heat of the actual salsa itself. So that's why after a few mm. seconds, you kind of get that on the back end where it's like, okay, now I'm feeling it. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. good. It's not too... Okay, now I <laughs> Right. So, so right. tell us a little bit about, about that kick, right? Like, yep. What is it about our... Uh, our ancestors yep. that wanted to incorporate the that kick, that spice, those peppers, because it's not in every culture. The Chinese seem to have yep. a little bit of that. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, the, the Thai, when, the, the, I know in Thailand, they have. Yep. I, I remember sitting at a friend's house. Her father owned a Thai restaurant. And she made us like we sat around a circle. Like some people play spin the bottle, we played taste the pepper. Oh, because that's yeah. what you do when you, 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, uh, and believe me, folks, they're going to text me like their culture loves hot peppers, too. <laughs> My brain just froze because it's kicking in right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the, you know, a lot of the actual peppers um, mm. happen to go ahead and are regional. So depending upon kind of at least hundreds of years ago, depending on where you came from and your heritage, you actually had your own set of different types of chili peppers that you kind of mm-hmm. farmed and actually worked with into the meals and everything else and as you kind of just grew up you kind of had a tolerance for it because the the hot that my mom makes mm-hmm. and my and my grandmother used to make was so hot that literally you could take the paint off a car <laughs> i mean and i and and and, and, and I, that's what i grew up with though you know what i mean so it, to me it wasn't that bad but i'm like i'm she my mom came to me and she, i said mom we got to go ahead and tone it down a little bit <laughs> take a it little down bit. a notch yeah take it or two or three or two or three yeah nice yeah so we we kind of you know as we kind of started working with this, this is where those chili peppers came in and we don't happen to add anything into the salsa. We don't add any type of chemicals, vinegar, nothing. It's just Did fresh you see me clothes. reading the yeah. label? See? Oh, okay. So there you go. Oh my God. Yeah. Waiting yeah. for a word I can't pronounce and I didn't find it. So <laughs> nope. there we go. Nope. We don't add anything this- in there. And then the, the way we have to pasteurize is using cold water. So, and we actually only, we have the only working Scoville meter that I helped prototype and build that actually allows us to range out the Scoville ranges without adding any chili powder or any type of chili oils. What? Yeah. Welcome to Chip Chat, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for whoever coined that. Was that Jerry? Jerry giving us oh, Chip Chat. Nice. It's Chip Thank Chat. you, Jerry. It's yeah. Chip Chat with uh, Patty Vasquez, mm-hmm. Carmen navarro Jacone, and our friend Sam Durr from Sam's Famous Salsa. Don't forget, uh, Sushi Sam is the phrase that pays today for your chance to win a gift pack nice. from Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to samsfamoussalsa.com, and you'll learn, I mean, what a really a beautiful website, first of all. Thank you. Uh, I, want to, I, I want to live in the images uh, that are on your website. Uh, really fantastic. Plus, that you can find recipes there for yes. using this incredible salsa. And now I must go home and make some sautéed shrimp with garlic lime salt. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is so, happening? Yes. This message is to my husband. Please go to the website so you can see how you can make me something with this salsa. There you go. Because he likes to cook and I do not. And, and you know, having the recipes, actually. <laughs> it's chip chat. I, I, I crunched that on purpose. And having, and having the actual the recipe and the actual salsa it it'll, it's so flexible and so versatile that yeah okay fine you can have it with your favorite chip but we I've actually had people write and I've even actually used it as marinades I've actually used it in like my favorite chicken noodle soup to make chicken tortilla soup I'll go ahead and actually use it in different types of ways especially like egg burritos or in the morning I mean it's so <laughs> in chili oh, oh yeah oh, it, oh to make yeah, chili yeah there you go nah mira you, eso there you go. to make chili how, there you go. how much Look, how, how much of a roll do so good, it brought the Spanish out in there. You see that? Mira eso. Mira, mira. You're like Laval in here. All there you go. <laughs> How important are are uh, is, is Chile like hot tastes in Puerto Rican food? It's different. Have, it's different. Um, I grew up. It wasn't. We called it pique. Everything yeah. was pique. Porque pica. So it's pique. You know, we grew up Spanglish. Whatever word we can change. Mm-hmm. But um, we used the peppers and things. But it marinated in oil. So we had all the hot peppers yeah. in a jar with mm-hmm. oil with carrots, and you let it sit there for days. And you add it to your soups. You add it to yeah. your rice. But my mom didn't cook with it. It was always something that was added because somebody else wanted it. 
I, I have a question for you, Seth. I'm, and yeah. I don't know. So obviously, uh, tortillas very big in, in the Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think that ha- that thing with having to put it on an open flame and use your bare hand to flip it over? Where? Why? Why do we do this? <laughs> well, I'm so mad to have an electric stove because it doesn't work the same. I just want to yeah. let people know. That's true. That's yeah. true. So what is this? I mean, I feel like it almost goes back to an open fire feeling. Yes. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if and if you've ever actually tried to go ahead and microwave a tortilla and actually actually cook like heat one up on an open flame two different worlds yeah two different worlds so you actually do happen to go ahead and you're right i think it, it's something it's like, yeah it's a little bit like tribal almost yeah. in a way kind of because it's so. everyone every mexican i know yeah well i'm puerto rican i still flip that on my open flame with, the open yeah. Hand. Yeah. with well, your hand but, but you don't, you don't not anymore. Not, now I use the long tongs that we yeah, use on the grill because anymore. I'm older, and so my reflexes aren't <laughs> as good. <laughs> when I was younger, I can bare finger yeah. flip it. I was good. Yeah. A little older, reflexes aren't as good. <laughs> get, the, get the tongs. Yes, and <laughs> I flip them. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, yeah. and you know, we, you know, even when you actually go into a lot of like a traditional, authentic kind of Mexican restaurants now, the you know, I know I recall a few times, you know, you go in there and the tortilla is your silverware. I mean, I mean, let's I mean, let's be real. That is your fork. That is your knife. That is your spoon for the most part, you know. And so when you're in there, you know, that tortilla on that open flame, you actually you add that flavor profile with any of the actual the, the food that you're eating. Right. It, it takes it to a whole nother level. I remember one time, I have to take a break in a moment, but I remember uh, I was visiting the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, and like we were not burrito eaters. Like It was not... <laughs> sounds like, I'm not using a racial thing. I'm just saying we did not eat burritos in my house. It was no. like chilequiles and huevos rancheros okay. and like you know, a lot of things with um, tomatillo sauces and things like that. My quesadillas almost all the time. Oh, yeah. Big vat of beans all the time. All every day. All, every mm-hmm. day. And uh, and some Spanish rice. But so we went to uh, La, you know, La Bamba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Burritos as big as <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right? So we went there and like that, you know, my, I was a, a, a senior in high school and we go in there and I had never had a burrito and my mom starts opening it up. And unfolding it and using the tortilla yep. to breaks up the tortilla and starts picking it up with that, which also reminded me of Ethiopian food, which they put everything on a big piece of bread and, and they, they use like yeah, you yeah. use it as your utensils. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to take a break here. By the way, now we're going to when we come back, we'll find out why sushi Sam is the phrase that pays for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's famous salsa. T- text us at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We're having chip chat with uh, Carmen of Arjica. <laughs> How's the uh, choice? <laughs> to go with that. Delicious. It's a great pair. By the way, the funny thing is, I can't stand the sound of people chewing. So to everyone out there right now whose heads are exploding, I, I understand. Am, I am so sorry. It's being piped right in your brain. I apologize. I'll try to be. I just, it was funny in the moment. And I, I hope you're okay. More after this on the Heartland Signal. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. To answer the question from the 630, we're talking to Sam Durr. He is the founder of Sam's Famous Salsa. You can text Sam Sushi Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa, which is, a, is it's available in California. Correct. Can we buy, we can order online here. Yes. And uh, and we can enjoy it uh, anytime we want. And apparently right. with your uh, with your morning eggs, yes. with in your chili, uh, 
uh, all these other things. However, uh, I discovered that you are also a sushi chef. Yes. And people are like, well, what's that? No, no, no. One of my favorite restaurants that ever existed in Chicago, ever, it's gone, was called Hat Dance, which was a J- Japanese-Mexican fusion restaurant. Yeah. It was the greatest creation on the planet, yeah. and I mourn every single day that it's gone. <laughs> but tell us about your career as a sushi chef. Yeah. Uh, probably about 15 years ago, I decided that, you know, it was a time for a change of career. So I decided, you know, I wanted to become a professional sushi chef. So I went to my wife and, uh, you know, said, hey, um, I'm thinking about changing careers. And uh, so after a long conversation, she we agreed to send me to, to a culinary art school. But at that time, I was already, you know, well into my 30s. So I'm like, well... I don't want to be able to keep up with the younger guys. So, <laughs> so you know, I want to do something that nobody else can do. So, And I've always loved sushi. So the only professional accredited academy was in Southern California in Los Angeles okay. called the California Sushi Academy. So I went there, and it was kind of like the Hell's Kitchen version of sushi for oh, six months. Was there someone yelling at you all the time? Oh, uh, the, yeah, yeah. It, what it is was, that? What is the, the torture it, thing? The, it's it's, a, it's a, about the discipline. You know, it's about the discipline. Okay. We had no, we had daily checks. Can it be about check. the love? Well, there was a <laughs> there was a lot of love. There was a lot of love okay. too. There was right. a lot of love. Sure, because of the trauma. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 there was no, but they actually the there was a lot that went on, and and I was able to go ahead and learn a lot. And when I got out, the um, the contractor that was actually handling a lot of the military deli and bakeries for the military at that time was like, hey. You know, we happen to go ahead and have um, some interest in putting a sushi bar in military base. And, you know, you kind of fit the bill kind of what we're looking for. You, you know, you, ha- you speak very well. Uh, you kind of have a business background and want to see if you take a leap of faith. So at the time, my only option was really cruise ships or see what this was going to do. So I uh, started working as a subcontractor and... Uh, before we know it, I, the contract started coming in, and 103 sushi bars later across the country. <laughs> wow. I hope that you're watching on Facebook Live yeah. because of the, My face. Of the, <laughs> the, the eye, Carmen's yeah. eyes just went 103 yeah. bases. Yeah. And so, yeah. so that, and what that entails, I'm guessing, is like, so what were some of the most popular sushi roles? I mean, it's not just being able to supply the freshest, uh, most delicious type of uh, raw fish, yeah. but it's also the combinations, you know, I mean, like, I'm a sushi nut, but not like, I love yeah. sushi. Yeah. 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 So what's, what are some of the signature Sushi Sam items? Well, you actually probably might have even had them. because the, Because the, the recipes that are actually like at the Jewel, the grab-and-go, those are my recipes. Because, yeah. those, because I actually launched those originally in the military segment. And once that actually became real popular, we handed those off to the major retailers. What? So the Crunchyroll... The, oh, the happy heart platter, all of those that you actually, those are all mine. Those are all my recipes. Wow. The, the, yu- the I've yummy already sauce. Had, I've already had sushi yeah. Sam in my mouth is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, apparently. I was going to say, that's like my son. When go. he goes, he yeah. comes back yeah. with all of no, them. I'm, yeah. I'm a big, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, the first time I saw like sushi at a Walgreens, I'm like, really? And then I had sushi at Walgreens. I was like, hello. Yeah. 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 And so well, if you actually happen to know, lunch. yeah. So if you happen to know anybody that's in, that's in the military over the last 15 years, they've probably had some of my sushi from some one of my chefs. At some what? point, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! I was—I would never got to go to the commissary or any of the 
I did, but I went to uh, I was at the recruit depot in mm. in uh, uh, San Diego. Oh yeah, uh, but they didn't they that they just give them like lettuce and bread. You know, <laughs> the recruits are being trained. They don't they yep. have to have have you ever seen how the military when they the Marines have to eat with one hand on their they, they can only use one hand to eat with, and they're not allowed to move the other. It's to, discipline. Yes. Yeah, so it's discipline. When, yeah, yeah, when I went to the uh, FBI Academy in Quantico, yeah, it's the FBI training base as well and it's the marine base at the oh front. yeah, yeah so that's the right. same training yep. so you get to see how they train and how they have to yeah and they, they really yeah oh yeah but, but, then, but, but then when they're done training they get some sushi sandwich. oh yeah, yeah. there you go well, yeah, and it's and you mentioned San, San Diego Naval Base Coronado Island yeah yeah Miramar yeah. Uh, Camp Pendleton those are all sushi bars that I happen to, to run yeah I did not oh, get wow. to go eat at the sushi bar at Miramar I was at Miramar by the way if you guys are wondering where do I know Miramar from uh, the first Top Gun movie there be, you go yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yep <laughs> My nephew was at uh, Pendleton. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let me take a break here. We're hanging out with uh, with Sam from Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to samsfamoussalsa.com and find out how you can order your box of incredible tasty salsas. Uh, But if you text Sushi Sam to 7737639278, you've probably already tasted Sushi Sam's products at uh, grocery stores (laughs) because they replicated that particular method of making sushi. uh, The crunchy? Seriously, dude? Dude. (laughs) Text 7737639278. More after this on the Heartland Signal, folks. I'm going to go eat some salsa. I'm going to eat the hot stuff because I needed a little bit of time to recover. There you go. Yeah. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I, uh, we're thrilled to hang out with you guys, but I'll be honest with you, Chip Chat's a little more fun off the air. There are certain words that I can't say on the on the air. I'm hanging out with Sam Durr, the founder of Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to samsfamoussalsa.com and text Sushi Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to the website and learn about where this incredible food comes from. Uh, I was just, I quickly Googled, because I know there's a lot of foods that are indigenous to uh, North America and Latin America uh, and, you know, uh, potatoes, unfortunately. The uh, downfall of my other half of my uh, ancestors because they came from here and then were shipped back to Ireland as an easy, quick thing mm-hmm. to grow. Tomatoes uh, yep. from Peru, Chile, uh, hold on a second, uh, Bolivia, Ecuador. Um, so that's a, obviously the basis. Uh, it's an indigenous yeah. uh, part of, uh, you know, it was a plant that grew, grew in the Andes, um, it, which obviously is in so many salsas. Yep. Um, so Sam Durr uh, is dazzling me and Carmen Navarro Jacon. We're both dabbing once in a while. The- <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm already wiping my nose. Because I can't stop eating the hot. So it is so good. And and so again, we there we are trying three different and, and three you know, yep. three of the. It's uh, mild. Uh, all of the the. Mm, mm, mm. Hold on, say, let me do that. Right. Right, yeah. There you go. All of the all of the. Mm. And none of the ow. There you go. <laughs> she does that good. Yeah, yeah, she she does good. Uh, medium, a little, a little bit of kick. If you're into that, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and tears of joy oh, yeah. for the hottest one. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this tremendously. Thank you, uh, Carmen. Do you have a favorite? Do you like the hottest the most? So I far? do really? like that. Yeah, All yeah. Right. To the point, it's not. It's it's really good. And you know what it is? Every time you have a new scoop. It starts over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a little adventure. It's over again. It's like, oh, that, oh, my mouth is burning. You have a little scoop of it. For that one second, it's not burning again. And then all of a sudden, it kicks in again. You're like, oh, that's why I stopped. Yeah. 
During the uh, pandemic, one of my big passions was supporting uh, local businesses. Jerry and I worked with a lot of local businesses to make sure that the places that make up our communities uh, would still be able will be here yeah. and, and would feel supported. Yeah. Uh, and that's how he found you, as he was looking mm-hmm. for small businesses yep. when we got on the air here at WCPT and connected with you. And I, so I'm curious, after uh, you grew up in uh, in California, yep. in Redondo, in that area? Yep, Redondo, Hermosa Beach area, kind of like a lot of the kind of the beach town areas, sure. her Huntington Beach, kind of up the up PCH, up into that area, sure. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of adobe houses. Yeah, all adobe. Yeah, but, uh, but the majority of my family still lives out in Redondo Beach and Hermosa Beach and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I when I go out there for business sometimes, I'd be like walking into, you know, a uh, uh, a, a grocery store to get a, a bottled water, and then my cousins are walking down the street like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, what's up, Juan? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> You're like, Why didn't you call me? You're in oh, town. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> yes. happens. I, now, and now, and now I'm in trouble. Now yes. I'm in trouble. And then all of a sudden, now my phone's blowing up. My aunts and my cousins are calling me. They're like, "Why? Why didn't you?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like, "I wasn't planning on staying. I'm literally on my way to the airport." Oh. And so, but yeah. yeah. And your mom now lives in Nashville, which, by the way, near Nashville. Nashville. Nashville is an amazing town. Beautiful town. And I was saying off the air, my mom, if my mom, and I, I don't know that I've taken her to Nashville. She used to go on the road with me sometimes, but I took her to places like Aberdeen, South Dakota. Oh, <laughs> That's the kind of daughter I am. <laughs> Lovely. I'm sorry, yeah, mom. Yeah. Sorry, mom. I took her to New York and Philadelphia, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I did work in a lot of small towns. But Nashville's a great town, and at least the, the temperature is not as uh, erratic, let's yes. put it that way, or uh, volatile as it is in Chicago. Yes. Um, so tell us, how did you however, end up in Chicago? Well, uh, probably, well, we've been out here, me and my wife started out here probably close to 26 years ago. And uh, we lived in California, but the, you know, when we had our oldest child, it just became a a situation where it was just way too expensive because you either were paying for childcare to pay the rent and then you still only had one income. And I was already working you know, six days a week, 10, 12 hour days just to kind of pay the utilities and pay the rent. And so we had some family that were out here and they were like, well, you know, if you'd like, you can come out here. However, you may want to visit first. So, and so, <laughs> that is so, some yeah, good advice. Yes. So, so we come out. So we come out and see, I, I was born and raised in Southern California, have never been to Chicago yeah. until I came out. And then I'm like, oh, this is a nice place to visit. And then I realized, like, wait a second, this is actually where we're going to be moving to? And then it was like, yeah. And then, but everything worked out for the better. Yeah. You know, we started out, you know, with uh, living out in North Aurora, then Aurora, then Naperville, you know, a couple times. Oh. And, then, and that's kind of where we've been and kind sure. of grown our roots and kind of, you know, uh, grew up our family and everything else. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good a good ride so far. Did, for you sure. know, did you know that Aurora just was named one of the best that's, suburbs in yes, the country to live? I, I saw that. I said, wow. wow. Okay. It is. It is. Because if you actually go, and I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but right off of Eola, in that area, down in that general area, and also they happen to have that um, the mall now, the outlet mall that's out there sure. off of yeah. Orchard. That is it. That is actually a wonderful and a beautiful place to visit. I've never gone past the mall. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Well, yeah, I, know. Yeah. I usually and, stop at the mall. And it's, it's funny, so funny because because right there at that mall, just down the street, is where my wife and I had our first townhouse when the, when there was nothing there but just open fields wow. and everything else. Yeah. So it was. So going back there is kind of takes us back down memory lane. But it, it's a, but it's always a good visit down there and, and to to visit that area, especially you know when on a Friday or Saturday when on payday. 
So I'm, I'm getting food safety questions for you, by oh. the way. I'm just uh, oh, okay. Oh, no, hold on. Someone says, are you the food safety guy? I am. That's my third company. So what? Yeah. So well, thank you. What? Thank you, listener, for Hello. adding that. Yes. Which also, is why he was explaining how this is you use cold water yes. to yeah. to kill everything. And yep. I was like, well, how does that? How do you how yeah. did you figure out to do that? Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. So, you know, my as I started kind of I graduated out of sushi school, I started working with the military to bring kind of food safety and, and work with the public health department and inside the military. So then we over the years about 15 years or so, we expanded and evolved into this food safety company that kind of helped restaurants. And, you know, even during COVID and after COVID, we did a lot of pro bono work for the restaurant to kind of try and help them kind of get up on their feet. What do you need? What do you want us to do to help you out? So we had a lot of classes and we did a lot of things like um, on the 20th, we actually are doing a military and a police officer free class for anybody that has had a traumatic um, Traumatic stress syndrome, yeah, PTSD, Mm -hmm. and that is now transitioning out of that kind of work into kind of the food industry. So we're filling up our classes to kind of give them a heads up and a leg up on kind of getting into that industry for free. I need to connect you yeah. with a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. So Representative Stephanie Kifowit is uh, the veteran. She does a lot of the veterans affairs work in, in Springfield. Oh, nice. Would love to connect you with her because she sure. just introduced legislation that has to do with uh, PTSD uh, re- related injuries oh, wow. for the mar- for uh, military. Yeah. She's uh, also a Marine. Uh, another question. Yeah. Um, so more safety, yeah. apparently, yep. but a little more fun. Yep. Uh, apparently, uh, Dave wants to know, are you trained or sanctioned to do blowfish as a sushi yeah. chef? Actually, uh, people always want to ask, right? Yeah, they always want to. Actually, that that's uh, that's fugu. That's that's blowfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only a handful of licenses that are actually given out by the Japanese Council oh. to go ahead and operate and actually pre- prepare that type of fish mm-hmm. in the United States. And I think the I think there's like maybe thirty to forty chefs that are licensed to do that because one small slice or the, you cut it and prepare it the wrong way, well, you know the, the it, it won't end well for the customer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's and it's and if you've ever had it, it you actually it tastes like a mouthful of Novocaine after about five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a great experience to do once. Not sure if it'd be on my dinner plate every night, you know, or but but it's really a cool experience if you've ever actually had a chance to go try it. I would definitely recommend it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, that's, a no, hard, have, that's a hard no. That's a hard no. no. We have too many responsibilities. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, I'm, no. Good. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I've, I've seen too many things. Uh, no. Mirna is on the line. Hey, Mirna, what's on your mind, my friend? What the frijoles? Why are you bashing those of us who, who don't use uh, comal or, or foot tortillas with our bare fingers? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not bashing you. Mean? I'm just saying. I, I, my curiosity was every Latina in my family, let me put it that way, and apparently also in Sam Durr's family, mm-hmm. uh, puts their tortillas on an open flame and uses their, I don't know why we stick our bare hands over a flame, but that's what we do. I'm not bashing you. No, I, I used to do it too till I got old. I said my reflexes. I've been yeah. burning my fingers. I'm not yeah. quick enough anymore. <laughs> no, Mira, no, no, one, no one in your family, no, no, you didn't do that in your family? My grandmother, my mother, and me. No yeah. one else. My, my sister didn't do it. My brothers don't do it. My mom, my grandmother, and I never used comales to heat our tortillas. It was straight over the flame. Yeah. And the reason is, I'm going to give you a secret here, and I hope nobody shares it. The reason <laughs> those tortillas taste better 
is because your burnt flesh is on the sofa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. ASLC, that is for sure. Yeah, yeah. You're like, wait a second. I thought that was my fingerprint that I left on that tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, I got a question for you. Yeah, the, uh, your your last name. Wh- are you Mexican or, or what? How did you get the last name? Dur. 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 Well, my mother um, is Hispanic, Tarumara, and my father is German. So my full name is Samuel Ortiz Dur. Just like my name is what? Okay. Do you remember Mirna? Patricia Dora Vasquez Bonin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you mentioned the the, uh, the origin is uh, it's from the Tarahumara Indians. Yeah, have you ever visited the area? No, I, that, that that was something we were talking about during break. That's actually been on my bucket list. I've you know I've read all the books, I've read, I've seen all the documentaries, and I hope to go ahead and get there one day. Um, but it's one of those things that I'm always hoping and wishing to go do, but I just haven't got around to go ahead and and getting the trip done. Because from my understanding, from the time that you actually get actually land it's a i think a day maybe a day and a half train ride all the way in and then another i think two to four hour hike to the nearest village no actually you can take there i haven't been there but a real close friend of mine made the trip several years ago oh. uh, there's a train that takes you into several towns oh. and you can you can go on there's several websites i can't remember i'll, I'll text the the name of the uh the train itself to, to Patty, um, it makes stops in several different towns, and it, it can take a couple of days, and you decide where you want to stop or if you even want to stop and spend the night there. Wow, but, thank uh, you. I, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, when he talked about it, even though it was years ago, he has the biggest smile on his face uh. because he said the people, I, you know, my, my dad's from that area too, and, uh, you know, he said that the Almada Indians are so humble and so giving of themselves. Yeah. They're very, uh, they're shy. That's one thing. Because some people got the wrong impression at first. They thought they were standoffish. And they're just very shy people. Yeah. And that's kind of how they wound up out there in the Copper Canyon Mountains. You know, hundreds of years ago uh-huh. when the Spanish came, they kind of saw what was going on at the time, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, well, peace out, love you guys." <laughs> and they and they went up into the Copper Canyon Mountains, and they kind of stayed there for you know up until about 150, 200 years ago, and they started kind of making their way down into civilization. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, if you if you get a chance, uh, make a trip out that way for sure. Like I said for on sure. a post, hey, yeah. that that would yeah. be put on your uh, your page your. The Patty Vasquez page. Uh-huh. Yeah, page. yeah. So, p- post underneath our post on our Facebook page uh, the link, and then we'll we'll po- repost it. Yeah, that was me that posted the Arriba al Norte. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whenever I find somebody from the north, I always have to say that, and they always reply the same thing. So it was good talking to all of you. Thank Carmen, you, Mirna. Thank you. Even though you- I hope I didn't. I don't. I hope I didn't make you, Carmen, feel left out. But you know, I know you're there. And I oh no, eating. I don't feel. She's I'm eating. I'm eating. eating. <laughs> I do not feel left out. I'm Thanks. eating. I'm drinking and enjoying the conversation. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you, Mirna. Buen provecho. Gracias. By the way, she's uh, pairing that uh, Sam's famous salsa with a choice hard seltzer. You've gone through a, a grapefruit one, I believe, and uh, starting the lime. I will be starting the lime. Outstanding. Mm, Outstanding. Go. 
uh, by the way, I was telling Sam earlier that uh, I'm intrigued by how many people are, are texting for the very first time because right. of your story. I think that you've intrigued people. So awesome. I want everyone to visit Sam's Famous Salsa, and you'll learn more about his story and the, yeah. work, that it, the work that he's done to connect his heritage with the, the really art, artistic, incredible salsa that he's brought to life. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Text Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa. Again, that's samsfamoussalsa.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. For those of you who've uh, tuned into shows I've hosted for years, this uh, show probably feels very familiar because I'm hanging out and uh, just relaxing a little bit. I, there's a, I know there's a lot of news out there and there's a lot of topics we, we, will, we will cover, we will continue to cover, uh, but this is just so delightful to hang out in the studio with a good friend of mine and making new friends. Uh, Carmen of uh hangs out with me right now, and we haven't even talked about the police board election results, which <laughs> I saw one woman I saw one woman post that she's going to the poli- like the a, a police academy kind of a thing training. I didn't realize they're going to have any say in like the next police superintendent. Obviously, we don't have one right now, and they're going to be interim. All that. Another day. Because there's chips and salsa, and you're enjoying a choice seltzer tonight. Well, yes, I am. And and that's a good point, though. People need to learn in life when we talk about wellness and self-care. Sometimes you need to step away. We're not going to solve the world's problems in one day. And we're not avoiding anything. Right. It's just this isn't the time. This isn't the time because Sam Durr, the uh, incredible creator of Sam's Famous Salsa. That was a bag of chips that was being removed from the studio because uh, we are, are enjoying chip chat. We are going to have a conversation. I asked Sam if he wants yes. to stay because uh, we have questions for the author that we have coming up in a little bit talking about how much digital, the digital universe yeah. uh, has taken up so much of our consciousness. Uh, and I know that I'm sure like trying to market Sam's Famous Salsa, yeah. uh, you know, you have to figure out like, you know, what angle. Am I going to use? How am I going to market this? Oh, yeah. You know, TikTok and uh, do you use TikTok as well? We use TikTok, Instagram, all social media platforms, and you know, and and when you talk about like that media, you know, it is overwhelmingly saturated with so many different. Like, if you don't grab somebody's attention within two to three seconds, yeah, they're moving on. You know, so it's it's hard for us to go ahead and put into a five second reel or a TikTok. That we're non-GMO, we're gluten-free, we're low-sodium, we're, you know, all of these things. And before, all of a sudden, they've already scrolled through five, six different reels. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we, we've tried. We yeah. tried. You know? Yeah. No, well, we do. And, and that's the thing is, that like, yeah, everyone tries to find that one thing, right? Yeah. And I tried it for a little bit last summer. I mean, I had seven weeks I was in the hospital. My son, Declan, was in the hospital for oh, seven weeks. So I was trying to do, like, but thank you. But you'd see people, like, doing testimonies. I'm like, I'll try this. And it's like, I'm in the bathroom of my son's hospital room. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And not everyone has a birdcage like our friend from Beyond Brewery <laughs> to make the TikTok go viral. So. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know what that one thing is going to be yeah. either, right. which is why we're glad to have you in the studio. Yeah, uh, I'm sure when you go viral, you'll be like, I don't have time to do your little radio show. Oh, I'm, so sorry. Hoping, I'm hoping this won't be the only time I actually get to come and visit. A thousand percent no. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Definitely will be coming Good. back. Um, and so I was looking at, uh, Carmen mentioned this earlier. Uh, she was looking at the ingredients and every single word on here are, you know, is all recognizable because it's all fresh ingredients. Yes. I mean, so you talked earlier about becoming a sushi chef and the training and, you know, how you formulated a way to basically create a, uh, for 103 different 
military uh, places that had to feed soldiers. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, so that takes much broader thinking than like, I have this one recipe. Now you yeah. have to replicate that. And yeah. so the same thing for salsa. Like, how, your brain must work at a different level than, than well, people who like just throw things in a pot. Yeah. Goes, this should yeah. be good. Well, a dash of this. Yeah. Well, and 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 you know the 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 reality of it is. You know, getting and calling people to get things put into place, kind of like a big jigsaw puzzle, right. is a lot easier than creating something that you've envisioned in your head from from infancy all the way to now on the shelves. Because the amount of labor and love and passion that has to go into a product and a brand has given me a whole new appreciation when you walk into the grocery store and you see that fresh product or that product that's branded on the shelf. Right. You're like. I know exactly how long that took, and I know that it was because a lot of people happen to go like, "Well, your shelf life is four months." Okay, so that means that you actually have to send your product in to a lab to get tested and sit there for four months on pause while you wait for the results. So at the end of the four months, yeah. So at the at the end of the four months, it may come back good, may come back bad. So you what? at the end of the four months, you may have to go back to the drawing board to figure it out. Oh my yeah. gosh! So when they happen to go, when you see those, the, even those little dates on there saying, you know, eat by, it's good for three months or whatever, or whatever it is, you, you, those brands, those people have actually sent that in and sat there and waited for wow. results. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? So I just started doing this thing because when my son was in the hospital coming back, I, I just can't pull things together for recipes. So I do these like uh, you know the, the boxes like Home Fresh, Hello Fresh, or whatever. Yeah, HelloFresh. Yep. And I wonder about that because they don't put the dates on their meat. Put your dates on your meat. They don't put the dates, they don't put on, the the dates on the meat. Yeah, it bothers me. Well, so, so, you know, from the food safety side of things, you, we actually, I work, well, I don't work. I actually sit on several of the committees for the Conference of Food Protection that helps kind of rewrite the FDA food codes. So we're pa- getting ready to pass legislation, hopefully in the next year or two, to help with the disinfection, adding it to the FDA food codes and help with restaurants and stuff like that, too. But when you take a look at that, yes, you're absolutely right. The actual, the coating on the meat, everything should happen to have an expiration date. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I should, mean, even bleach does. Bleach, yeah. does. bleach, bleach does. I mean, why, <laughs> why am I cutting open a pouch of chicken and it smells like sulfur in my kitchen and I go, yeah, it might <laughs> not be bad, good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's bad. bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. Full. That's what my I mom used to say. We're smelly full. Oh, I can't. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot yeah. of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure in my house to get things done cooked when it Anyone comes Anyone else in your family uh, go into Culinary taking arts? any yeah, taking any recipes and going with it? Like how did you end up with just like with salsa? Well, you know, the the salsa was the only kind of is I'm hoping at some point down the road that that's going to be the kind of legacy I kind of leave behind. But, you, you know, my daughter, the one out in the, out in the conference room, she actually is um, starting her own culinary career, and she wants to be an actual baker. She wants we'll to bring her in for the last segment. We're going to do we're going to do a book segment in just a moment. Will she come on the air? I don't know. I can ask her, but she's kind of she's kind of shy. So uh-huh. I mean, we can well, ask. If it's a lot of pressure, then I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to push her. Yeah. I mean, this is radio. Like for kids. they're all online. They don't. Yeah. Have to. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is like archaic. I mean, Jack Benny used to talk into one of these. Well, things. she can <laughs> sign in on Facebook and make any text comments from there. I, maybe. Yeah, I'm just saying. What? We're hanging out with Sam Durr in studio, the creator of Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to samsfamoussalsa.com and text Sushi Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift card, a gift package from from Sam's Famous Salsa. Carmen Navarro Jacone hangs out with me. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk to an author who's written a book about how consumed we are. I mean, it's almost 
almost the uh, unconsciousness of how much we've given over. And I, there's one person in my house who has um, every step of the way been like, I am not downloading that app. I am not, uh, not even Google Maps. I have a Garmin suction cup to the windshield wow. of my, yeah, yeah, yeah of my, wow. I'm not, when we walk out, I will show that to you. He, he's, he's like, was it they can find me? They can find you anyway, sweetie. I'm just yeah. saying. I love That's you, so darling. True. So let's take a break here and we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment with David Auerbach, the author of Maganets, How Digital Forces Beyond Our Control Can Commandeer Our Daily Lives and Inner Realities. This is why we're having chip chat around this conversation. This is why I'm having choice. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us as we continue driving at home until 7. In studio, I have Sam Durr, the creator of Sam's Famous Salsa. We were talking about his... um, Adventures in trying to marketing online and using social media. We also have Carmen Navarro Jacone. She is a she is formerly with the state's the sheriff's sorry Cook County Sheriff's Department and now at the clerk of the courts, uh, working with Iris Martinez. And I, I think that this actually works really well for all of us and anyone listening to have this conversation with the author we have on the line with us. David Arbach joins us. He's written Magnets: How Digital Forces Beyond Our Control Commandeer Our Daily Lives and Inner Realities. Uh, hey, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Patty. By the way, that's mega nets, not mega nets. Uh, <laughs> Wait, don't well, mega nuts control everything? Yeah, in- <laughs> it's right because it's mega, and it's so hard. I, it's on the brain. I mean, like yeah. that's how much it's proliferated my existence. Uh, there's there's a there's a part that you even said at the beginning, and I don't know how much you know about Chicago weather, but on Friday it was predicted that we would have anywhere from two to a thousand inches of snow, <laughs> and uh, the weather models kept changing, and uh, and you and you reference that yeah. like there you know. We have things that we keep thinking we have some sort of control over, and yet there's there's very little we can do in a lot of aspects, right? It's true, and yet we keep you know going to people like Mark Zuckerberg or to politicians and saying, "Just please fix it." And somehow it doesn't seem to get fixed. In fact, it seems that you know we, we keep crazy, unpredictable things keep happening. Whether it's you know AIs misbehaving or social networks turning toxic, you name it. Uh, and I think you know the, the what we have to recognize here is that things are just not under the control that we think they are uh, for reasons different than what we might expect. And I mentioned this as well. Uh, so early on, I think a lot of us just assume, we just basically went, "Well, I guess this is happening now," and we just we give over our information. I mean, the, the, we remember the early days of the internet where, like, you gave your website. Now yeah. you're getting emails every day. Now you're on somebody, and we didn't think of like our our identities being sold and then stolen, right, David? That's right. Yeah, and it's only it's only going to get worse because our identifiers are going to be our identifies our identities are going to be increasingly unified. So it's not just a part of our identity that might get stolen. It's going to be everything. India has already done this. India is centralizing uh, all of its citizens around a single, uh, uh, I want to say, eight-digit number. I think it might be more than that. But uh, called Adhar. And just the potential for, you know, all of us to have like a unified digital copy online that basically represents us, that's, that's coming. And I don't think there's much way to turn that around, given how technology uh, has, 
you know, being woven into our everyday lives, both for better, for better and for worse, because there are many benefits. It's just, uh, I think we look at the, we, we, we don't even understand the costs. We know that there are costs, but. Uh, oh, no doubt. We, look, we I. Expect, I, oh, I okay. Yeah, I, I no doubt about the benefits and, and the downsides to it. I mean, we know, like, look, a friend of mine wrote a book called uh, Face Hooked by Dr. Susana Flores, and she talks about how, you know, the adrenaline that you get when someone likes a post, and then the depression oh, yeah. you get when people say mean things. And so this emotional roller coaster that we're on, too, right? Yeah. And because there's such a glut, you know, because there's so much sheer data. Um, algorithms, one way or another, so are selecting what we see. And what, what's the best way to give people what people will click on? You, get, you provide them with things that are like what they've already seen. So we're getting clustered into, you know, in, with, with other people who believe the same things that we do, and producing increasing bubbles of, inco- of mutual incomprehension. Where you talk to other people, and they, they literally are using different language from you. Yes. There's not even room for disagreement. No, there really isn't. And we've had them call. They've tried calling me and I, I can't. <laughs> well, I, you know, the, the weird thing is I have uh, five children. My oldest is 31 and he's been telling us for years like and and the joke at the house was my husband would tell him, you're such a conspiracy theorist. You're such a because con- he would not do social media. He wouldn't do anything. We're like, how do we know more social media than you? He goes, because you guys want to give all your stuff mm-hmm. away. And I do not. And we thought he was insane until we're getting text messages. We're getting emails. We talk about things. And all of a sudden the commercial pops up when we're scrolling through yeah, Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, how did they know I was just looking? Yeah. We were just talking about taking the kids to whatever place. And all of a sudden, our Facebook is flooded with advertisements for that. And he's like, That's I right. told you they're listening. Right. And we're yeah. like, you know, we always think yeah. we're smarter. Yeah, and it, well, and the weird thing is, it's not even necessarily the companies themselves that are listening. At a certain point, the algorithms just start doing this on their own. Oh, my God. programmed to find, you know, to recommend things. And the algorithms are just, they say, okay, well, let's look at what people are saying and show stuff in their face. It's not as though there's a human selecting all of these things for you. A lot of this isn't even under the control of the companies that are running the networks. And I think that's what that's why I compare it to the weather, because that's, this is just the sort of thing that happens when you have this much data, this much much integration, uh, this much velocity, you know, going on. And that's that's why I call it a meganet, because you need the technological component and the human component. That we gotta be hooked up to it for it to behave this way. It's not just the technology on its own. Yeah. And, and, and there are always people that are trying to figure out, like, how do I generate some energy or enthusiasm or interest in something? And one of the things that caught my attention uh, when it happened and in your book was what happened with GameStop. Because, one, I've never understood how stock buying works, right. all that stuff. I don't understand Reddit. <laughs> I don't understand any of these things. And yet, so tell us a little bit about how that spiraled. Uh, it was a death spiral, I think, is the way you put it. <laughs> right? A death spiral? Well... Well, it or an anti-death yes. because GameStop GameStop was the stock that was sort of you know it was tanking. It was it was it was the company wasn't doing well, and a bunch of people on Reddit who were enthusiastic about GameStop, the company, through some sentimental attachment or whatever, sent its stock price soaring, you know, mm. by thousands of percent, uh, thousand percent, uh, and this was in you know, total violation of market fundamentals and sort of the, you know, the great eminences of, of the economy were outraged. But 
they hadn't done anything illegal. All this was was just sort of organic viral coordination. There didn't seem to be any plan to do this. They hauled the one of the big boosters in front of uh, Congress, and he just sort of sat there with a all shucks look and said, I just like the stock. Yeah, and he happened to get a following temporarily. Then he got a lot enough people to buy up GameStop stock and send it soaring. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's kind uh, of politics, the too. Is, like wringing their hands over this, saying, like, well, you know, <laughs> they're just participating. It's just a participation of a sort that a lot of people don't want. Uh, <laughs> Well, and, and here's the thing is that, uh, again, folks, we were talking to David Auerbach. He's written the book Mega Nets, How Digital Forces Beyond Our Control Commandeer Our Daily Lives and Inner, and inner Realities. And like it's, it, it's, it's surreal because it sounds post-apocalyptic, right? It sounds like, oh, in the future, I mean, it's like something out of Terminator mm-hmm. where, you know, we've got this wasteland uh, that things have gotten out of control, the robots are taking over, and yet, you know, there's this mentality that I- there are ways that people can manipulate it and then it, and it feeds on itself, right? David, we're, I mean, like, let's use January 6th as an example of people, like, for whatever, they, they felt that they had this intense feeling that they had to be in D.C. and they had this, like, just hive mind that they had to storm the Capitol and and they, and still like two years later like even when f- confronted with facts they're still like no 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 it was totally a sightseeing tour yeah. right <laughs> well they are I mean part of it is they are confronted by it you know what's going to get recommended to them other people who, who like the same things they like what they're confronted with is people who reinforce their belief systems and finding people who reinforce your belief systems has gotten easier than ever on these mega nets because what's a computer going to Give to, what what is a network going to show to you? It's going to show you stuff that you all similar to the stuff that you already like. In other words, it's going to show you stuff that tends to confirm your pre-existing biases and find people who think the same way you do. So your background is in uh, as a software engineer, as a technologist. When did you start to be aware? of this um, this snowball of momentum that is what we have now technologically do you do you have a moment well, or or just know, were, gradual there were certainly hints of it going back to maybe 20 years ago where it was like well oh wow there's really unintended consequences once you've got so many users using these systems that we really are ceding control but what the effects of that were well it took some time just to sort of figure out what what was going on and how it was happening. And it wasn't, I think, well into the social media age that I that I, I think it fully dawned on me just how little control you, you know, even like corporate management had over um, over how their networks were used. This is why Facebook had to do something like banning all political advertising in the run up to the 2020 election. They couldn't just, you know, they can't selectively ban, uh, you know, what they consider to be, you know, false advertising or whatever. There's, there's too much. There's too much stuff. They don't have the time. All they could do was literally, you know, just say no, none of it. It's all banned. <laughs> That's not the act of a, of a company that really has things under control. Yeah. Some ways, that is the best you can do. It's just say no, forget it, nothing. Well, and, you know, and, and I think the, I think the, I think the, the, the more detriment to the actual side for the adult is one plate of mess, I guess. But I mean, what about the negative consequences when it comes to our children? 
you know, where you happen to have these social media platforms that are actually marketing and branding to these individuals that are going to wind up becoming the next generation of social media users. I mean, that's got to be a huge negative. I mean, I think it's having enough of a problem on adults, so I think we can only imagine what does to kids. I mean, my own, my own kids, if anything, uh, I don't know, they, they actually seem less gullible than some of the adults I know, so perhaps there's <laughs> some optimism. There's hope. Yeah. He's saying there's hope, everybody. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I heard. Yes. <laughs> that's what I heard, because they're the yeah, ones that are inventing the new yeah. ways to do things, and so I think that's why they're less right. gullible. Well, the thing is, there's going to be new mechanisms, too. You know, soon we're going to have uh, virtual recreations of real people that can synthesize, you know, anything we want them to say in real oh my time God. in a very convincing way. So, you know, that's uh, uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I saw a movie that was uh, dubbed into a different language and they just adjusted the actors to look like they were speaking a different language. Yeah, the minute I saw Carrie Fisher at, at the end of uh, Rogue, oh. <laughs> they so they there's a movie uh, before Star Wars where Carrie okay. Fisher, so Princess Leia is at the end of it. I'm like, this is too much. She just died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to that, I mean, like we get to create any sort of, uh, you know, whether it's fantasy or control mechanism. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned that we're not going to be able to legislate our way out of this. We're not going to be able to engineer our way out of this. And so I guess as a historian... I, I do wish that there were steps along the way. I used to work at the Tribune in radio there, mm-hmm. and like a lot of publishers, a lot of you know media outlets were sort of sleeping at the wheel, uh, I think, when it came to monetizing and figuring out how they were going to stay relevant in this atmosphere, yeah. and, right? And, th- and then now, and then and behind them are, is the government. Like, they, yeah. the government was like, oh, we should probably do something about this. Yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, the, the, not only has the horse left the barn, that horse has gone around the planet. Yeah. It's tired, but it, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. <laughs> well, you happen to have right now, I mean, even with Facebook and some of these other social media platforms, Facebook owns MetaQuest, which is the Oculus, which is the actual virtual reality platforms that the, all the kids and adults are now getting onto with this augmented reality. Oh my so God. Facebook not only owns the reality that we actually exist in, but also the augmented reality of virtual oh God. as well. David, my question is, are we in the Matrix already and we just don't know it? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I mean... It's funny because people worry about, oh, these new virtual reality technologies making people addicted and providing them with size. It's like, well, you know what? That's already happening. Yeah, we're already there. (laughs) Yeah, we've created very compelling technology that preys on people's emotions in new and unprecedented ways. I don't know if you ever played Farmville back in the day, but Mm -hmm. that game got people pretty addicted and they, and, uh, and, Got the got them to get their friends addicted. So, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on on there's a lot going on in that regard, and it's not easy to predict um, how the, there's going to be some sort of regulatory self regulation mechanisms that will come up. You know, it's the things will only go so far before um, uh, before they either sort of exhaust 
human patients or the next big thing comes along. It's just going to be sort of a series of shocks that we have a limited ability to control. Sort of like the economy, you know. (laughs) Is there going to be another financial crash? Probably. Is it going to be cryptocurrency related? Probably. Because now we've introduced another hard to control mechanism into um, into just the workings of uh, of the global economy inextricably. So here's my question: as, as we, I know we only have about a moment left, but uh, uh, as people read this book, by the way, it's available March 14th. We are talking to David Auerbach. He's written Mega Nets: How Digital Forces Beyond Our Control Commandeer Our Daily Lives and Inner Realities, and it's so well written, by the way. Uh, and I and I have to ask you: so for those of us who are, are going to continue uh, reading, agree. going to read this, absolutely. Um, uh, what would you pair this with? <laughs> a glass of wine, a uh, choice, an edible. I mean, because there's a little bit of anxiety. It may be some chips and salsa, yeah. but yeah. but there's I mean you you know that this this had to be anxiety uh, laden for you as well to write because you are breaking new like breaking down things that we inherently already know. I mean you've heard Carmen and Sam voice their the things that they are familiar with. Uh, so this is a, this is something that we should know. Um, so we feel better prepared at, or at least something in our toolbox of like oh this to identify it right. Yeah, I think understanding is at least the first step to coming to grips with it. You know, people have said, well, you know, are you sure your solutions will work? I'll say, no, we have to do some experimenting. But not stopping what we've been trying to do, just playing whack-a-mole with these things and always missing them, that's at least the first step. So, ironically, in coming to terms with the loss of control, you may feel a bit, I think, I feel a little more empowered because we now have a clear, clearer idea of what we're actually dealing with. So <laughs> take some part from that. And where would you like, so for folks, it's, again, it's Meganuts. And where is the best place? Where are you directing people to find their copy of Meganuts or reserve it now as ahead of its release date? Well, it is available at all uh, retailers, and I've been uh, instructed not to uh, prefer one over the other, but certainly exactly. you can find it at BarnesandNoble.com, at sure. Amazon.com, at your bookstore. Uh uh, it's published by Public Affairs, which is a division of Hachette, so it should be good to get a hold of. Uh, <laughs> if you just search on the title Meganet, I'm sure you can find it uh, at uh, any at uh, any, at your retailer of choice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, uh, hey, Andy, uh, once let me. Let me and, uh, I'm excited. Are you going to be touring with this, or, or is this the kind of thing you're like you don't want people like freaking out at your? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, no, hey, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm heading, I'm heading out to the West Coast. So I'll be around. I don't think I'm making it to Chicago, which is a shame since my favorite bookstore is is there. Which one? Uh, but uh, one of them. See, uh, see, uh, at, at the university. Oh yeah, you said Powell's. Powell's bookstore. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the university. I love that place. Excellent. Hey, Andy, do you know if Roosevelt wants to talk to the author, or was he talking about? Does he want to discuss something else? Do we know? So, so, okay, <laughs> good to know. Uh, so I want to make sure that folks know again about Meganets and everywhere you, you uh, purchase your books. Uh, maybe you want to reserve one at the library. Also a good option um, because that's where they'll also, also carry good, yes. Also very good. Uh, I would love to have you back and, and discuss this more as I read more of your book. Uh, and I'm so grateful for this. Uh, as you said, it's empowering to uh, know more. I'm- 
I, I'm with all the content out there. I'm always happy when anywhere someone chooses to give some of their uh, overtaxed attention to my to my work. So thank you. Now, folks, and here's the thing: take your eyes off your screens and put it back on a book, the page of a book, the written word. I, and I get that it's all out there too, but like this is a way to pace yourself, consume it, maybe have some chips and salsa and a, and a glass of wine. I'm just saying. Uh, but thank you so much for this work. We're really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you again, my friend. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll take a call. Apparently, uh, chips and salsa related. Uh, but again, that's David Auerbach with Mega Nuts. Uh, it's really important to uh, to know more. And I'm not freaked out at all. It's, no, <laughs> it's stuff we should have known. <laughs> Screaming yeah. in I my head. Another choice. More of my there in a go. moment on WCPT Heartland Signals. Oh, by the way, text. Sushi Sam, 277-3763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. To driving it home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Winding down, we have a couple minutes left with our friends in studio. We have Carmen Navarro-Jacon, and we have Sam Durr from Sam's Famous Salsa. Go to samsfamoussalsa.com. That was so good. Oh, my God. I'm just watching Jerry. I'm like, I wasn't done with that. <laughs> Poor Jerry almost got stabbed. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, thank you so much, Sam. Uh, oh, it's a pleasure welcome. to meet you. I know that Jerry did give us your... It, it's funny because I had your sauce last summer and I, and I loved it. By the way, someone messaged me. They're like, what about Gindos? Sal- uh, Gindos? I'm like, it's two different things, people. Yes. Hot sauce and salsa. Do we? Got, how, what do we got to do with these people, with the, with the gringos? What are we going to do well, with them? I, I don't know. But, I'm um, kidding. But, Feed them. But, but better, but better. See, we we actually have. See, there we go. But what happens is a lot of people happen to go ahead and mistaken like salsa with pico de gallo. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of retailers out there that are yes. that are pawning off no. pico de gallo as a salsa, and I'm like, that's false advertising. Yeah. Just, you just can't do it. That's just wrong. You know. And it's like, you know, as, as much as we actually love and and have a passion for our salsa, it's one of those things. It's like. Education has always been our biggest challenge when it comes to educating the consumers and the retailers. It's like there's a difference yeah. between the different types of salsas and the actual what goes into a good salsa. So, and what sets Sam apart is <gasps> so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roosevelt, you've got 30 seconds. I literally, hi, Sam. Hi, you're on with Sam and Carmen and me. Hey, Roosevelt. Roosevelt, are you there? Roosevelt didn't think I was going to come to him. Roosevelt, all right, I got one. Roosevelt going twice. Roosevelt going three times. All right. <laughs> Text Sushi Sam to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift package from Sam's Famous Salsa. Uh, when, where did, where, where did the name, because well, his name is Sam. That's why it's called Sam. They were asking where yeah. the name comes from. Well, that I am Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and he's famous. Yeah. And he and, does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Carmen, you got to come back. I, I, now now the, like, the bar is set. I mean, beguile, between Beguile and Sam, like. 
What am I supposed to do here with feeding you? I, I don't know, but somebody better speak up. If there's somebody out there with some food or something, they need tested. Well, Sam, reach out to Patty. We would love to have you back. And uh, I think we're in, so. Last time uh, that Carmen was here, uh, people were like, "Oh, you should come check out whatever," and we went there. So now we have to road trip. To Naperville. Naperville for yeah. the top. Absolutely. I, for some top. Please. Yes. Absolutely. We would love to. Yes. Before we go, any last words? What do you want to say to folks? I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I, I really appreciate it and actually uh, look forward to coming back. And, uh, you know, and if you're out there and you do see me, say hi. All know? right. And, how, and, and folks can order your salsa from samsfamoussalsa.com. Correct. And if you order before 4 o'clock p.m. daily, we will home deliver it and I will be there myself. What? Every day, get Sam on your porch. I'm just there saying. There you go. What? I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. And I may not. And I may. And I may not even be wearing this chef's jacket. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Carmen, I love you. Uh, we'll see more fun things together. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Mike Kurtz up next with Devil's Advocates, and uh, thank you, Andy. So thank good you. to have you. Bye, everybody.